Hi, I'm Paul, the Ripples Guy. Welcome to the Ripples Podcast, where we share quick splashes of inspiration and explore how even our smallest actions can have an ongoing impact on our lives, the people we connect with, and the whole world. Are you in? I hope you enjoy this episode, and I hope you enjoy today. Love. Yay! So thank you, Kathy, for helping me remember to press record. So welcome to people who are watching uh, the recording of this. Uh, Our format today, we borrowed from the Ripple's email format that has uh, seemed to work for us the last few months with a pebble and a boulder and a ponder. The pebble is just a quick resource uh, that I've been using professionally or personally. The boulder is an activity that I've either been using in presentations or in my own life. And then the ponder is the sort of meat of our content today. I'm going to be sharing some ideas. I've been pondering about the concept of polarities. And I actually was going to share this last month, and then we switched topics a little bit. And we like to start with a form of centering. And I rotate through several things. I knew exactly which one I wanted to do today. And so I'm going to invite you to take a couple deep breaths here on the inhale, now on the exhale. And if you'd like to close your eyes while I read this to you, you are welcome to do that. Um, Except for my sister who's driving, don't close your eyes, Nancy. Um, Just for now, and without asking how, let yourself sink into stillness. Just for now, lay down the weight you so patiently bear upon your shoulders. Feel the earth receive you and the infinite expanse of sky grow even wider as your awareness reaches up to meet it. Just for now, allow a wave of breath to enliven your experience. Breathe out whatever blocks you from the truth. Just for now, be boundless, free, awakened energy tingling in your hands and feet. Drink in the possibility of being who and what you really are. So fully alive that when you open your eyes, the world looks different, newly born and vibrant. Just for now. That's a poem from Dana Folds that was read to me every Tuesday at 9.30 for many years uh, when my therapist would sit down to meet with me. She started reading that and I found it so helpful um, that I use it a lot in my life. And wherever this recording goes, I will make sure I paste this as well. And if you wanna just reach out, I'm happy to send it to you as well. Hello, peeps. This is um, a hard day in a hard year and a hard couple years. And I know a lot of people, the uh, recent shooting, the school shooting yesterday, the grocery store, the church, there have been so many uh, uncomfortable, uh, painful, traumatic happenings. And the content that I have to share with us today was developed um, without thought that I would be mentioning any of that. But I think it I think everything unfolds just as it should. And the pebble today that I want to share with you is a, is a resource. It's a book. And let me quickly, I'm going to hold it up to the screen. It's called One Year Wiser. 
And then uh, I'm also going to put a link in the chat if you're able to see and access the chat here with me live. Um, and maybe, you know what, if somebody's in the mood to post that um, on the Facebook link, that would be swell as well. Um, but I'll also post this the links with the video. And this is a book uh, by Mike Medaglia. It is a 365 meditations and they're just of, of short quote, very pebble-like. Some of them are boulder length, uh, along with a really amazing illustration. And it was gifted to me by one of our Patreon peeps um, who happens to who happens to live um, here in the neighborhood and who happens to work with my sweetie as well. And I, when I planned on sharing this with you, I had already started in addition to using it every day and looking at what the quote of the day is, I had started at the beginning and going through the book on days that I was compiling quotes for the daily splash. And pretty soon on January 26th, I came into this glorious page and I'm gonna hold this up so you can see the little ripples on the page. And the quote here says, the kindness we extend to others ripples out into the universe endlessly. Um, and it's a quote attributed to Calvin M Malone, obviously something we believe strongly and so fabulous. Yesterday, the quote, um, which I did not read until after I saw um, the breaking news, um, is a quote attributed to Raymond Williams. And the picture is pretty stunning. It's a, it's a, I, I love the illustrations in this. It's a woman holding up a sign and it says, to be truly radical is to make hope possible rather than despair convincing. And as you know, we cranked out that book Ripples of Hope at the beginning of the pandemic and it really helped me remember um, that hope is a lot more substantive than just, oh, wouldn't it be great if everything uh, worked out okay? And in fact, real hope is something that is hard and it is substantial um, and it is worthy of us, not despite hard times, but especially in, in these hard times. And it is, I think despair is very convincing right now. And I think it's all the more important to look at the realistic possibility that hope is not just something light and fluffy, but it's real and it's substantial and it's worth it. And to keep our eyes open for evidence of hope. Remember you're on a call right now with 30 other people who really strongly, passionately believe in the ongoing power of our smallest actions. Laura Harvey here on the call today is wearing this t-shirt that has the Uroc tribe on it. And that, that came into being in 2009 during the economic downturn when my business was also sort of wiped off the, 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 a lot of my gigs were canceled and not a lot of people were hiring me during the downturn. And I decided to kind of go out on a road trip and just meet people where they were at and give little free pep talks. And again, ended up finding so many people that were really hungry and ready for, for hope. And we got through that and we got, we, you know, we've gotten through a lot since then. And I think hope has helped us get through the pandemic in so many ways. And um, it hasn't been easy and it's freaking not over. And I will tell you that I've spent two years doing everything to try to convince COVID not to visit our household. 
and it worked every single day until it didn't. And two weeks ago, the day after uh, Mother's Day, uh, my sweetie woke up really sick, tested positive. I spent three days trying to not get it because I had one of my only in-person gigs that weekend. By Friday, I tested positive. I was luckily able to pivot to um, deliver the presentation virtually to the group that was there in Indianapolis, um, gathered from around the country, and then was able to deliver my second um, presentation of the week that was already supposed to be virtual. And it turns out adrenaline's a wonderful drug. It turns out being vaxxed and boosted certainly helped. Um, and it also helped to have hope <laughs> that I could get through it because there was a couple hours each day that I presented that I was like, I don't, I don't know if I can do this. Um, but I'm sitting with you today with a much stronger voice and feeling so much better. And it turns out um, the grief that I spent at first going, oh, I guess it turns out I am a bad person or I wouldn't have gotten COVID that I discovered that bizarre judgment was sitting there waiting is that only bad people get COVID. Wow, do I have a lot of bad friends if that is true. And um, and, and so I think in terms of this, this book and to, to keep us moving along, I will say that, that there is all kinds of hope available. Um, and yes, and COVID shame is real. Somebody just put in a chat. Um, and hope is worth it. Let me, let me glance at my notes here and remember, oh, my boulder. Oh my gosh. So the activity I wanted to share with you, I almost told you about it last month as a precursor to this month, because I had just implemented this activity that I made up. And if you will remember the last couple months that we've talked, I've been going, I had been going through a pretty difficult time. I was struggling just um, really feeling, well, hopeless in, in some ways and really just hitting bottom in terms of having given and given and given and, and sort of just felt empty and COVID wasn't done with us and life isn't done with us and difficulty is not done with us. And, ah. and I started feeling better and I, I, I was feeling actually better by the time of our last call. And I found myself in a conversation with somebody wondering if there was a way knowing that that darkness would visit me again, knowing that feeling better is a good thing and inevitably something is gonna come along and help me feel really sad, alone in despair again. I wondered if there was a way for good mood me to, to have something for really struggling me. And so I wrote myself a note and I wrote this tiny little note and I picked out a ripples card and I put it in a little ripples envelope and I wrote for Paul in the dark and I taped it to my whiteboard and I forgot about it. And I forgot about it until the middle of COVID and I was sitting here and struggling and I think I had already done the one presentation and was trying to get through the other and I see this little for Paul in the dark. I'm like, oh yes. And I reach out and I pull out the Ripples card that's one of my favorites. You are enough. You are so enough. It's unbelievable how enough you are. And then I open up this little, 
this little piece of paper that says, Dear Paul in the dark, it's okay. I'm here with you. I love you. We got this. The level of darkness is not a sign of how permanent the darkness is. Love from Paul in the light. And in an instant, it reminded me that I'd been in darkness before, that lightness has always returned, that I am incredibly resilient and resourceful, and that darkness, while persistent, while expansive, while problematic, is not quite as resourceful and as long-lasting as I am. I have made it more days on the planet than the darkness that that visits me has. Because there's been lots of days, um, like today, for example, that even when things are hard, I feel and I can see the light. So my question for you is, what note might you want to write to yourself that you could plant somewhere the next time you are really struggling? And one of the things that I will tell you that this, um, these Zoom calls have been uh, really helpful for me uh, originally was dusting off content that I had presented many times in person presentations and practicing the content um, in a virtual format, which was very, very new to me two years ago when we first started hanging out. The last several months, what this has been useful for is for me, when I found content that I'm either excited to share for a specific upcoming presentation or, oh, this is good. I know I want to talk about it eventually, but I don't know how to. And to let this be a little bit of a classroom. And I will tell you that you've heard me talk about my friend, my childhood friend, Pidge, who I've known since fifth grade. And we uh, are very, very, very close on today. Uh, we talk several times a month, um, usually for a couple hours at a time. And then once a quarter or so, we have seven to eight hour marathon conversations and don't feel done when they wrap up. And she mentioned she lives in California. She attends lots of kind of cool personal growth workshops and, and she's um, a certified coach. And she started talking about the concept of polarities. And I was like, tell me more. I've never heard this. Tell me more about it. And polarities is basically a way to recognize the interdependence of some things that, that seem to be like opposite and, and are often painted to us as one is good and one is bad. And it, and it reframes it as two poles that are connected to each other. They're actually interdependent upon each other. And they both have positive uses. And there is such a thing as overusing um, either of them. And a couple examples, um, if you think of something as simple as inhaling and exhaling, how good and useful would inhaling be if we never exhaled? It would be problematic. It wouldn't, it wouldn't work. After a while of only inhale, we, we, we could not operate at all. 
activity and rest is another really good, simple explanation. You know, work is relevant and important to our lives and rest is. And if we do one too much, uh, we, we overuse it and, and we end up coming up short in the other area. And the idea, it isn't necessarily a 50-50 balance that we're seeking. We're just making sure that we cycle through. And there's some really cool thing about polarities using infinite loops as you start using one side, one pole more and more and more, it can start to be, you can start lacking the other side. So then it's time to dip down and go down and, and, and find the other one. And it creates this little um, interdependent loop. I, I've written down a couple other examples. If you know Myers-Briggs stuff, one of the interesting things as I was reading about polarities is how often with Myers-Briggs, extroversion and introversion, we end up sometimes kind of trying painting whichever one we're dominant, which is ever our thing as the better one and the other side. Well, I guess we have to have some of those people. But the idea that extroversion energy is a is one pole and introversion uh, energy is another. And it turns out that we all need to use both sometimes. We're going to perhaps have preferences. We're going to use one perhaps more than the other. But there's a real benefit. Um, when I talk about head and heart leaders, uh, if you know Myers-Briggs stuff, thinking and feeling, one of the biggest ways I help people distinguish whether they primarily use their head or their heart at first is to say, which is more important um, to the work or to the, whatever the group I'm hanging out with, to the or college orientation or the, the uh, work that the association that I'm meeting with does um, or the team that I'm meeting with. I say, which is more important, the work that you all are assigned to do, the commitments that you make to each other and the people you serve, or is it the relationships um, that you build with each other and the people you're working with? And of course, ultimately the answer is both, but what tends to happen is people who are more head people or thinkers tend to say, if we do our jobs right, if we do the things we're supposed to do, the relationships will come naturally. People will trust us, people will respect us. And the heart people, the feelers in the group say, no, 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 you can't do anything without a relationship. And with when at this point, the presentation will often say to a group, so if I said we're going to do an icebreaker right now, if you leaned in and got excited, you're probably a heart person. And if you're a head person, you probably like, ah. Oh. And just like I try to explain with them, it's most useful to think of these energies, I think, as a polarity. And to think of head energy, uh, focusing on the task at hand, thinking logically about things as a skill, as a uh, something that we're going to do sometimes in our work and in our life, and so is relationships. And our personality, how our work style has evolved might have us more um, adept at using one rather than the other, and that's okay especially if we remember all of us individual need to do a little of both and certainly organizations need to make sure they have some head energy and some heart energy. I also wrote down having expectations about what could be the possibilities, having really high positive expectations could be one pole where it is accepting the reality of where people are at, where what things are happening is another good example of pole. It's good to have, I think, positive expectations. And I think it's good to meet 
reality where it's at and say, this is the way it, it is the way it is. And sometimes our optimism, which I think is another polarity with pessimism, um, can, can be really, really useful until it gets in the way. And if all we bring to, to a project or to our life is optimism, everything's going to work out well. I think it actually raises um, possibilities. I think it um, luck can find us more when we're optimistic. Solutions can find us more. And when bad stuff happens, and especially if we've thought, well, what are the possible bumps in the road that we could either prevent or plan for? If we don't do any of that, sometimes those bumps can really slow us down. Um, a couple more. One of the things I wanted to type in the chat is the way you um, visually display a polarity is using two colons. So I'm going to write activity, colon, two colons, and then rest. And that is how um, they, when people talk about polarities, they, they don't use verses, they don't use or, and they don't use and. They use these two colons to kind of indicate, hey, these are poles. These um, both have uses, both have overuses. They, they aren't in conflict with each other, even though sometimes it seems like it. Um, <clears throat> structure and flexibility. If you, again, Myers-Briggs people might know the J's and the P's. Uh, the more, some of us more naturally look at structure, some of us tend towards flexibility. Thinking about individual needs versus, not versus, sorry, and thinking about group needs is another example of a good polarity where it makes sense that some people in an organization are gonna be really focused on an individual person's needs, maybe a particular person's needs and trying to meet their needs. And other people are saying, yes, that's important. And we have to think about the overall organization and how much resources we, we're able to spend on, to, to this individual to, to at some point us not meeting the needs of other individuals. And how, what is the solution? Well, it, it, the, the goal with polarity, uh, thinking about polarities, is to, to really focus on the transformational third way, finding the way where you don't have to have um, winners and losers, but that there's a way that we all are winning. Uh, one of the things I read in polarities when, as I was reading into this is that technically win-loss isn't even an option when you're really thinking about polarities. It's about finding the right balance and finding the transformational third way. Short-term focus, long-term focus, and how often, again, depending on the project, depending on the day, some of us can really get focused on more than one, more of one than the other. And they are, I think they're best thought of as polarities where there's both and. Both are, are helpful, important, relevant, both have uses and both have overuses. Ideally planning and doing. So that work that you need to do, the thinking you need to do before you do something is relevant, important, and so is the doing. If you have too much of one and not enough of the other, stuff doesn't get done. A couple that I'm, I'm really thinking about, um, judging and accepting. And I'll tell you the trick here is that ideally one of the sort of rules of polarity thinking is that you wanna choose words for both sides that are either neutral 
or positive connotation to help get away from the idea that one is good and one is bad. And the term judging is, is obviously, I think, often seen as, as a negative term. And so I thought about um, Pidge, actually, and I were texting just a couple hours ago, and she said, what about the term discerning? And I think that that's useful. But I think, I think even if we just look at the fact that judging is something that's, you know, we have to decide many times, is this safe or unsafe? Is this good or bad? Is this um, the right thing to do right now or not? And I think in and of itself, judging isn't bad. In many ways, it's necessary and important, and it's part of decision-making. And we need it. Too much of it gets in the way. Uh, if we don't have enough acceptance where we're just meeting things where they're at and saying this is what it is, it also gets in the way. Something you and I actually have been talking about in the couple, last couple of months, giving and receiving. And I have realize that my capacity for receiving is not nearly as adept as giving. And I kept running into this. Some of you know these stories about me getting into these loops where somebody was trying to do something nice for me. Like, I don't know, Patreons contributing money every month to help cover all the costs of all the ripples in my health insurance. And me saying, oh, I got to do something for him. What else can I do for him? I got to do something else for him. And several of you were like, you already are doing the thing for us. You're just keeping you. And I was like, oh yeah, so hard just to receive. Um, my friend Pidge actually sent me some wind chimes and these uh, beautiful little stones that say peace um, and love and hope on them. And I'm, I'm like, oh, these are so lovely. Oh, what am I going to send her? And I'm like, stop it. This wasn't a birthday gift. This wasn't a, this wasn't a thank you for a thing gift. This was just a gift. Yeah, just take it. Shh. See so hard. Um, let's see. Ooh, I want to make, I want to be conscious of our time. Let me see if there's, okay. So a couple more things. You all know that I talk about comfort and challenge, that finding the balance between seeking comfort and seeking challenge and how important it is to find a balance between these two. And this is certainly something that has been in my presentations quite a bit where optimal growth takes place when we find the right balance. It was useful to add this thing of uh, another rule about polarities is that when you're fleshing this out and you're working on examples for yourself, it's important that you have an equal number of uses and overuses for each side. And that if, you, if they look in balance to you, that's a sign that you are mentally leaning towards one rather than other. And so there's so many ways that sometimes with seeking comfort and seeking challenge that we do, I think tend to nudge towards comfort. We tend to default to the comfort safe path. And that in order to make sure these are balanced, I think we have to be more mindful about this. The other thing that I don't have answers for us today, but I, I wanted to plant because I know a fair number of us in on this call work in either healthcare or education where a lot of people, a lot of focus is on fixed versus growth mindset. I know a lot of my corporate folks, a lot of my P&Gers talk about growth mindset as well. And I will tell you that the way I've been teaching growth versus fixed mindset is that there's this strong bias towards getting people into a growth mindset. And I will whisper to you without naming names that I've recently had a pretty ongoing conflicting relationship with one of my dearest friends who I thought spent a lot of time in a fixed mindset. And he really did not like the wording that we were using to the point that he was 
bringing it up. And I don't think consciously he wasn't using the term fixed mindset. He would say acceptance. And I thought that was really interesting. And when I sat down to work on this presentation and specifically, what do I want to say about, um, to say about polarities, it really was useful for me to, to rethink fixed versus mindset is more like the way we think of activity and, and rest growth and stasis. And I actually had a therapist a couple months ago. I said to her, um, you know, I, like I say in my workshops all the time, if you're not growing, you're dying. And that is something I literally say in presentations. If you're not growing, you're dying. And I have basically believed that. And she said, this is, this was her, her very therapeutic language response. Paul, that's bullshit. <laughs> she said, what about stasis? What about balance? What about sometimes, you know, you know, in winter when things aren't growing, they're not dead. They're not dying. They're resting. And I was like, shut up. Do not be right so much, please. <laughs> and, and so I think that's, I think that is worth really thinking about in terms of growth mindset. Absolutely. I think we do want to spend a lot of time in there. Are there ways that growth can be overused? Are there uses for a fixed mindset for saying, I mean, I, I am who I am. I, I'm good enough with the resources that I'm at right now. I don't need to necessarily grow. And the answer, the answer is worth pondering. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to give answers to people because asking questions, I think questions and answers are, are a polarity, right? I think sometimes questions are more valuable than answers. Shut up. That's genius. I'm good. Excuse me while I write that down. Q colon colon A. And I will end by whispering satisfied, being satisfied and unsatisfied. Looking at wants versus looking at needs. I think sometimes it's okay to focus on what you want. And I think other times it's really relevant to look at what you need. And the one that I don't want to dive into deeply, I want to say out loud to us today is conservative and progressive. And I think something like stability and growth, I think a organism like a country, uh, like just about any large group of human beings, there's going to be a continuum of where people are at in terms of seeking the same, wanting things to stay the same and wanting things to grow and improve and, and individual needs uh, maybe being prioritized at times over the, the needs of the group because there, there's a compelling reason why they need to be. And there's some people that are going to be more uncomfortable with that. And I think part of the pickle that we are in right now in our country and on the planet is that we're right, the other side's wrong, and we have to vanquish them. We've got to defeat them. And as long as the goal is to vanquish the other side. We are guaranteed to lose as a society. 
regardless of who wins elections, regardless of who loses election, because we cannot, we will not be able to get everyone in the same place on this continuum in part because I think it's a polarity, because I think a society needs conservative energy, stability energy, and I think it needs progressive energy. And I think it has been, I think they've been twisted. I think they are being, um, I think those energies are being used for um, bad purposes in some cases, which complicates this a lot. And I think power is corruptive. Uh, there's this great uh, quote from Richard Rohr, who is a, a person I just really look up to, who says, if white men do not experience, do, do not go on a journey of powerlessness, they will corrupt they, and they will abuse power. And the reason he says specifically white men is because there's been a lot of privilege given to men and in particular white men uh, in the course of hi human history, that there's a lot of white men out there who haven't experienced the powerlessness that a lot of other groups have. And again, I, I, I realize that might be out of your comfort zone. I don't want to, um, I think what's most important for me as I find a pause point in this is to say, this is complicated. I think it's very possible, I'm not saying it is, I think it's very possible that it, the, the looking at polarities and specifically imagining conservative and progressive as, as a polarity, at least so we can play around with, are there uses for the other side that we haven't um, appreciated, figured out, noticed? Are there overuses on the side that we often sit that we aren't noticing? Is, is really problematic. You may have heard my little watch just now. It just reminded me of something that I shared with you last month. And that says, don't forget, you're going to die. It's that We Croak app that reminds me five times a day to think about my own death for a minute. I will delay thinking about my own death now because it's time for us to wrap up. Let me very quickly glance to see Yes, I think that's a good place for me to pause, to, to, to wrap this up and to say, um, polarities hopefully is something that's worth thinking about for you. The useful thing for me is to think of it as poles that are not necessarily opposites, but they are interdependent, um, uh, uh, maybe extremes that, that both have uses, that both have overuses and spending some time thinking about is this a problem where there's a clear right and wrong answer or is there polarity? And there are problems. There are some places where this polarity won't apply. I think there's some that's worth it. Uh, if you joined in unexpectedly today at a last minute invitation, if you're watching this on Facebook, I just wanna say thank you. I know that, um, I know that we're in some hard times right now and I'm, I, I'm very glad to be part of a community of people who are in the business of offering and rippling hope. So I would like to say goodbye to our Facebook friends. And I'm gonna take a moment right now to see if I can figure out how to end this Facebook. Let me, <laughs> I know, let's stop, let's stop the recording.